Winnie the Pooh and Terminator come to television. Jackie Chan has a very important question in the world is introduced to the slowest franchise in film history this week on 30-20-10. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to 30-20-10, your weekly portal into the past 30, 20, and 10 years ago. This week, we will be discussing January 12th through the 18th. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? Uh, Return of the Living Diana, part two. <laughs> Magie contains Alestra. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm so glad we get to bring that up again, but yeah, obviously... the runs. Obviously, we have a lot of notable television debuts and some really strange movies uh, ahead. And, and with that Alestra comment, can't wait to talk more about anal leakage. <laughs> so stay tuned, folks. This is going to be fun. Listen up, boys. It's 2018, a new year, a time where we look towards self-changes and self-improvement. Look, we all have our imperfections, but some are more manageable than others. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this, people. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. So in terms of resolutions, maybe you don't want to be the guy who does nothing to keep from losing his hair. Fortunately for us, Hims is offering our listeners a trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 while supplies last just by going to 4hims.com slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash the word 30. Hims is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and even sexual wellness for men. And you'll save a bunch of money over a visit to the doctor or the pharmacy. No, these are not herbal supplements, but rather prescription-based solutions backed by science. Hims offers medical-grade solutions, real doctors, offering well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Better still, Hims lets you skip the waiting room, avoid awkward doctor visits, and ships what you need directly to your door. Once again, our listeners can take advantage of a free trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just five bucks right now while supplies last. See the website for details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. So take advantage of the so take advantage of our offer. Just go to forhims.com slash thirty. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash the word thirty. Anyway, anyway, start out as we always do, nineteen eighty eight. Folks, eighty sevens are gone. We're into nineteen eighty eight. Um, it's 31 years ago. If, I'm be, if we're being honest, this is our first recording of 2018, so it yep. just feels weird to be in a brand new year. Happy New Year. Re- releases get a little slow. Releases for, are slow. Yeah, if you're new to the show. Like, January is a d- kind of a dumping ground uh, of... Well, we had so much stuff at the end of December uh, on all years, so why are you going to release new stuff when people can still go see broadcast news and can <laughs> still go see Good Morning <laughs> Vietnam? They can mm. go, still go see movies that are good that people like. Yeah, and this week in 1988, January 12th through the 18th, Three Men and a Baby. Three Men... Did I say it right? Yes, Three Men and a Baby. Number one... I just got confused with Little... No, you didn't. It's Leonard Nimoy's Three Men no, and a Baby. No, it was Brett's stupid mistaking it. What did he call it? Three Men and a Little Baby? Like, it just sounded like the most pejorative pronunciation of that title. Three and a little, and baby. little Baby. Wait, what's the matter? Don't know who your dad is? Uh, but Three Men and a Little... And a Baby. I watched it for some reason on a cruise ship. Pretty cool. Lots of heroin. Just saying that again. <laughs> Somehow directed by Leonard Nimoy. Uh, it's it's number one of the box office, one of the the highest grossing movies of 1987, I, think I believe. It is the highest grossing. I think it's yeah. number one that year. It's yeah. an, it's kind of incredible. But the, the, these other movies, holy shit, are they insane? Uh, I did not I did not bother to watch any of them. Four Keeps, a uh, 1988 movie with Molly Ringwald uh, and I believe Ralph Macchio. No, 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 it's not Ralph Macchio. It's not Ralph Macchio. It's a Macchio. guy who looks like Ralph Macchio. But what's weird is Four Keeps? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Uh, <laughs> Is directed by John G. A. Evaldson, mm-hmm. who uh, just passed away, who did direct Karate Kid. Yes. And, he has a documentary about him that I just watched. Uh, 
and it's about him being an underdog who directs yeah. he directed Jack Lemon to his first Oscar. He directed Karate Kid and Rocky, movies about underdogs, and like no one knows his name. Everybody thinks yep. Stallone directed Rocky One. <laughs> Did not. Did yeah. not. This is a teen pregnancy dramedy so he, that I vaguely remember watching, and I, I don't know why. The first that, Diana, I have the same thing. I remember watching this vividly because oh. I remember being in my grandparents' study, and they didn't have cable and an over-the-air television. This came on, and this is kind of the first depiction of sex I'd ever seen on television. I was a little kid only in the cartoons. But Four Keeps is a, an abortion melodrama. Teenage, Molly Ringwald is a teenage girl who gets pregnant in her senior year. Do you keep it or do you not? Four Keeps? Four Question answer? Mark? Question mark? I love, if you look at the poster, it's just a stork and it's just a quote. You're what? <laughs> um, and, but I, remember, I know what this movie's about. But it, it's I remember it being the first depiction of sex I'd seen on television. Is it the one where she does it with a guy on a boat? Or is that a different movie? In a shower. I remember specifically. Oh, okay. and, um, yeah, I remember that. As she's pregnant. And I, I don't know why I remember it so vividly. I think it was just so impressionable. And I thought I thought originally it was part of the John Hughes Ringwald saga, and I, I was reading some of the criticism. People hate this movie. He's not going to show Molly Ringwald get fucked. Well, he's not going to show Molly Ringwald in a typical romantic situation, or it's going to be a unique teen moment. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. This pregnancy is not really something John Hughes dealt with in his teen comedies. That's yeah. a little yeah. too hack. But I remember watching it the same way. I would guess people watch teen mom on MTV like oh man she's too young to have a baby he's gonna do it anyway <laughs> oh, we are talking way too long about four keeps uh, because there's some more interesting movies in here Diane have you seen this movie I have not uh, this is a movie that sometimes is listed as a 1987 release <laughs> and I can't recall us talking about it because I think I would remember that <laughs> Burt Reynolds and Liza Minnelli were in a movie together <laughs> you're Teddy the guy from the hotel who tried to kill me well he tried again don't shoot! Touch me, lady! Don't shoot! You like this all the time because you're getting on my nerves. I bet you had a lot of dates with a lot of different girls when you were young. <laughs> ah, Burt Reynolds. Uh, Rent-a-cop. Rent-a-cop. Liza Minnelli and Burt Reynolds star in a movie together? I love this show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this fucking show. Uh, we have no idea what it's about. An ex-Chicago cop uh, goes after the killer that caused him to be thrown off the force with the help of a hooker who witnessed the... Liza Minnelli is the hooker? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Rent-A-Cop. Not to be confused with Cop and a Half. A phenomenal movie <laughs> that I can't stop watching. For $1.99 on YouTube, you can rent this movie. Yeah. Oh, Jesus rent Christ. Rent a Rent-A-Cop? You think anyone's ever done that? Oh. I've only rented one movie on YouTube ever, and that was The Interview. Oh. When it, it was pulled from theaters and then debuted two days later on YouTube <laughs> for rental and I remember it's. I have not seen my father hate a movie so much. Like that was fucking terrible. I did it uh, just this past week to watch a very thirty twenty the thirty twenty ten esque movie, the uh, documentary about fans of the Star Wars prequels. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah not a great documentary. <laughs> it's interesting, but this is much more interesting in my opinion. Although I don't think I've ever seen it. A sequel to a lovely movie, a deadly experiment, a freak accident. A secret that will be carried to the grave as the horror classic is reborn. Return of the Living Dead, Part Two. Woo, is this confusing? Mm. Returnering. I remember. It. Return harder. Isn't, wasn't there some documentary or expose on like VHS box art? 
I remember this yeah. box art scaring the shit out of me. You want to rewind this? There's a big segment in that about Maybe. It. Like, but VHS box art that was meant to be striking and mm-hmm. kind of put fear into little ch- little children before they could be horrified by the internet on a daily basis. <laughs> but this art terrified me. And just reading about this film, because I love Dan O'Bannon's Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. I think that's it's one classic. of the most unsung films in the universe. And it's just it has such a weird history because everything... You've seen parodied about zombies like brains. Mm. That comes from Return of the Living Dead. It comes from a movie that's already kind of parodying those movies. Night of the Living Dead. And yeah. that's where it gets really crazy. Obviously, George Romero kicked off the zombie genre with Night of the Living Dead. But his writing partner, John Russo, retained the rights to the title Living Dead, which is why mm. the Romero sequels are called Dawn of the Dead, Day of the um. Dead. And this sequel has almost nothing to do with Return of the Living Dead or Night of the Living Dead. It just has the title. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's I, I was reading that it was it's kind of an ET ripoff because it focuses on children. Oh yeah, they're going for that Spielbergy Goonies monster squad. Like there are kids in it. Whereas yeah. the first one, like that punk rock cool Nude lady zombie. Gets, gets naked all over the place, yeah. and then they they follow it up with this where we're looking at this like weird little wonder There's years. This one kid violent in our hospital face. scene that got this an R rating, but like the guy who wrote it and directed it didn't want this to be a living dead movie at all and it sort of got shoehorned into that it has nothing very little to do with dan o'bannon's original return of the living dead this series is and kind one of, of one of three sequels to return of the living dead it technically yeah, it's, it's has as of, many as romero's it's kind of movies. like an anthology thing. it's almost like die hard where like it's it's just a receptacle for like interesting mm-hmm. ideas that can be tied into and use this brand name like the third yeah, instead of uh, ghoulies, make them zombies. Exactly, yeah. Like the, I forget if it's the third or the fourth one, but it's about this woman who's like with her boyfriend and she's slowly turning into a zombie mm-hmm. and like realizes she can kind of like resist it or like keep her her wits about her if she hurts herself. Mm-hmm. And then oh. throughout the movie, it's just like shoving metal parts in her body till she's like this cool looking, she's always on the box art, which is like is a big spoiler, where she has all these spikes coming out of her. Like that series just goes to weird places. It's kind of like, um, you know, the like creepy or uh, mm-hmm. EC comics. Like it's, it's a, uh, common theme but they always go with a cool interesting take on it except for this one which is just kids which is boring yeah i think it's 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 pretty lowly regarded but it's not return of the living dead is amazing i love that the first one is is fantastic Mm -hmm. and the sequels vary but none of them are but it's it's not relating to night of the living dead except that it is and it (laughs) helped inform what the what the zeitgeist thought zombies were. That, in the first one, they watched Night of the Living Dead in the movie. Yes. <laughs> like they, it, that's how they... And they use the word zombie. It's the result of a gas or a virus. It, it mm-hmm. does fuck with the lore a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. fascinating. I love... Damn, man. Yeah, it's right, like a government gas that escapes from... Right now, I think we're almost... I think we barrel. have five more minutes in the zombie renaissance, um, but... <laughs> it's, it's over. I think it's a little <laughs> over. Past that, but, yeah. uh, it's a, this is a fascinating puzzle piece to like this becoming hugely popular again you ever see it dying no i haven't yeah it's it's apparently not worth it i love it when we do this show and we haven't seen a movie and then someone will send a message on Mm 302010.net and like you're better off this will just (laughs) yeah elucidate why this is terrible and i have a feeling that's going to happen a lot for return of the living dead Mm -hmm. in a zombie devoid vhs culture like this was filling that hole with four sequels but uh anyway for some reason i seen this because I had Comedy Central in the mid-90s when they couldn't afford a lot of other movies. And back when leading man could be Dan Aykroyd. If it's been years, months, days, minutes, or seconds since you've really laughed, we urge you to seek professional help. Dan Aykroyd. But I don't want to escape with you. I hate you. Walter Matthau. I can accept that. Charles Grodin. You had sex with one of your face. Donna Dixon. The Couch Trip. 
The Couch Trip. It's a hell of a cast. I, I confuse it with Dr. Detroit as the uh, Dan Aykroyd yeah. leading man Lothario uh, films. Is this the one where he escapes from a mental institution? I don't remember. Uh, but it's, yeah, very strange. If you had Comedy Central in the 90s, it's played a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's just odd to think of Dan Aykroyd as like this guy people would go to in Hollywood to be a leading man in a pretty pretty generic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I have not... Ghostbusters made a lot of money. It did. It did. It just, we haven't seen him in a while. And Dan Aykroyd, good actor. Good yeah. actor. He's yeah. pretty good in it. That's true. Uh, but, but I love I love true. comedy Charles Grodin. We don't get that much anymore. Yeah. He's fantastic. I miss Charles Grodin. We haven't yeah, seen him in much. Let's watch Clifford again. Uh, he, I only saw him in an episode of Louie. I guess we shouldn't talk about that. Uh, but moving on. Into, why, why is it that comedies about mental illness just like never seem to work? They never work. There's that Michael Keaton one hmm. that's yeah, not very the good. Yeah, there's Michael Keaton one. There's a Dudley Moore one. The idea seems like it would make sense. Oh, this, these people are eccentric and wacky. Mm-hmm. What about Bob? That's the only good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give it There that you one. go. I, I'm guessing, and who knows what mental illness I have if yet to diagnose it. You may not want to be reminded of that when you step into a movie mm. theater. You may want to look at a more ideal life. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just that they're too wacky. I mean, it's not yeah. just me thinking like, oh, that, this isn't funny. This person is suffering. They're from delusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, please get them off the street and get them help. Mm. You know, it's just is it too wacky? Does that make it too silly? It's, I don't know. When, they're, when they come from some sort of hospital or things like that, that's when it really falls apart. When it's about mm. like functional mental illness, like mm-hmm. we just talked about as good as it gets, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of works. Uh, mm-hmm. Or like analyze this, maybe. A hundred million dollars, like. But when it's when it's something like this, where like you're escaping from mental hospital, mm-hmm. like especially the things we know today, where that's a lot more sensitive subject, you want to be like, go back, like please <laughs> continue also, to get help. We heard the name call out Donna Dixon, yeah. also known as mm-hmm. Mrs. Aykroyd or Garth's Foxy Lady, or uh, what Homer thinks is one of the reindeers. The Donna Santa. Dixon. <laughs> wow, in the first episode. Yeah, that's a good segue into TV of 1988, January 12th uh, through the 18th. Speaking of Fox, mm-hmm. on January 15th, Fox expands <laughs> to Arkansas. We- Wow. <laughs> we're still we're still in that part where like some of the country doesn't have Fox. Yeah. I we, we talk about that on a lot of our shows. My town didn't get WB, so once WB came about, it ripped Batman and Animaniacs and Tiny Toons mm-hmm. away from me. Like I just it was just gone no. in a pre DVD internet yeah. world. It was Which just were all on Fox gone for that. Yeah, it was all. But yeah, the slow expansion of Fox. Uh, I guess now now Disney channels. No, they didn't get the they didn't get the affiliate networks. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah, they don't have them or the news. Uh, but Fox and I was looking at the list, and they will continue to spread throughout the That's throughout nuts. the year because that is a slow rollout. It's really That's- slow. Like in December, there's there's news uh, about that. But uh, on the same day, January fifteenth, an episode of Beauty and the Beast airs, which we mentioned when it premiered. This is the Ron Perlman, Linda Hamilton Beauty and the yeah. Beast show. Otherwise we- known as my mom's favorite show. That I hated. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. an interesting show. Like totally. since we, since it's come up so many times, mm-hmm. it's uh, like every week I see it mm-hmm. in the list. Of TV shows and it's really cool looking and Ron Perlman mm-hmm. seems amazing in it. He was built uh, to yeah. be a beast. Yeah, exactly. But I and it's also what got him to be Hellboy is like yeah. both Mike Mignola and Guillermo del Toro were like that's how they had first seen him and Guillermo ended up putting it's him insane. in a bunch of movies. He looks so much like goddamn Hellboy. Yeah, got the jaw. It's I cannot like I think that that I guy that from being recast. Dude, that I guy from it. Stranger Things is great casting, mm-hmm. but he will always be the second best cast. Yeah. It's like it's like anyone playing Superman. Like, dude, Brandon Routh, you're a good Superman. You're not Christopher Reeve. Yeah, I, I'm sure we mentioned this before. But like a modern day set, Beauty and the Beast, where yeah. Phantom of the Opry, the Beast lives in the sewers. Yeah, he lives mm-hmm. in the sewers, mm-hmm. and there's also like a whole underworld of other people like him. Yeah, uh, so they're they're like it's Morlocks. They're basically okay, Morlocks. Now this sounds way cooler than I'm giving it any credit. Dude, it's sexy Morlocks. <laughs> sexy Morlocks. Uh, and on, on this week uh, is an episode called China Moon, mm-hmm. uh, where they go to Chinatown. 
because uh, there's someone's fault. It's a Romeo and Juliet thing where, like, mm-hmm. two warring Chinese families, there's a love interest on both sides. Damn. But I wanted to mention it because uh, the guest stars include Rosalind Chow, James Hong. Yeah. Uh, Key, Key Luke or Key A Luke. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them. So you'll, Key Luke? Okay, yeah. you'll have to tell me about them. Uh, Jerry Tondo and Victor Wong. Wow. All right. So a bunch of great Chinese actors. Legendary char- Asian character actors. Mm-hmm. All yeah. in one episode. That's yeah. crazy. Nice. At least two of them are from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie about Chinatown. Uh, but it's uh, it's just I I love that I love mm-hmm. when I see it's like when we talk about that mm-hmm. first Simpsons episode where mm-hmm. they go to the sushi the yeah. Pugami mm-hmm. like that episode you know they really Matt Groening really wanted to have right the Asian correct representation yeah. and now Hank Azaria doesn't <laughs> um, but there's no clip from that because it's it's a slow show with a lot of like very steamy stares at between you know Linda Hamilton and oh, Ron yeah. Perlman it's yeah. it's a cool show light my mother's out. loins on fire yeah. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I know. Get her room, Miss Antista. Yeah, she tells me. <laughs> uh, January 16th, the Golden Girls episode, Dorothy's New Friend, airs, uh, where Blanche and Rose hate Dorothy's new friend. She's like, a, she's a novelist named Barbara Thorndike, who's played by Bonnie Bartlett. Are you familiar with Bonnie Bartlett, Mm-mm. Diana? No, I feel like she's one of those, hey, it's that guy. Yes. Like, if I saw her, I would know her. She's yeah. exactly that. When I was looking at the list of things she's in, I was like, I've seen every one of these things, and I could not place her, but mm. she's in okay. everything. Uh, she's in everything from the 80s and 90s. But, uh, and then later on, it's revealed. She's very, she's a rich lady, and she belongs to a country club that she's trying to get them to come with. So they invite some of their friends, uh, mm-hmm. including a Jewish man, and she's not okay with that. That's, oh. she's not, not that kind of club. Oh, thank God that generation died out, right? No <laughs> uh, yeah, and then became president. Uh, but, uh, there's, we, I do have a clip of this one where mm-hmm. Dorothy finally realizes what a piece of shit her friend is after they've been telling her that the whole episode, and she, she really lets her have it. Let's not make a big thing out of this. Obviously, we can't go to the Mortimer Club, so we'll go to another restaurant. Boy, did I misjudge you. You know, Blanche and Rose were right. You are not the kind of person I want as a friend. Why don't you go to the Mortimer Club by yourself? I don't understand. Let me spell it out for you. Go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. B, get her B. That applause break goes for like two and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Golden, Golden Girls, Girls is great. On Hulu, infinitely rediscoverable. Oh, yes. yes. It turns out. It's f- totally holds, it holds it better than most sitcoms of the time. Not okay. so much, uh, I don't know. I, I do not like Scooby-Doo, but the rest of the Why world not? appears to. Yeah, Scooby-Doo rules. I just always saw it as formulaic in like the same episode every single time. But that's yes. what makes it... Scooby-Doo is like Batman or a lot of these things where it is infinitely relatable and yeah. it can always... I always think that Scooby-Doo works best when uh, I have this whole mm-hmm. thing about Scooby-Doo where I believe it. Uh, it is the best example of bringing kids' attention to the counterculture. I think that's what Hanna-Barbera and the people who wrote Scooby-Doo were specifically trying to do. They, they did try and ape modern in the trends. Back day, though, but in 88? Yeah. They, well, okay, we're going to talk about one of the shittiest. The 80s <laughs> suck for Scooby-Doo, but it's yeah. all, Scooby-Doo's always around. But, yeah, but it, Scooby- well, growing up, Hanna-Barbera had this huge stable of cartoon stars, and almost all of them are gone, except for Scooby-Doo yeah. is consistently on the air with new shows, there's a Lego Scooby-Doo show on Because the people who are making Scooby-Doo YouTube. now, they re- I think they saw it for what they are. Like, this is a bunch of draft-dodging stoners driving their <laughs> van around the country and solving mysteries that other people don't want to solve. And they're always destroying people who are trying to steal money from other mm-hmm. people. or always It's always like real estate moguls. Like, it is... I think they're trying to say something with Scooby-Doo that wasn't there for a long time with stuff like... Uh, wow. We're going to talk about Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. Yeah! Fuck this mm. shit. This is when, like, Scooby's cousins are coming in. And, like, this all sucks. 
box. But then, Poppy power. then we make it to like Mr. Inc., the show from just a few years mm-hmm. ago, which is a fantastic show. Yeah, and so every modern... once in a while they hate really hard. The movie, I will go to bat for the Scooby Doo movie. One? Yes, oh. the, the one that's written by. Uh, oh, is it James Gunn? It's written by James Gunn, and it is <laughs> his. He's all over that script. He wrote the second one. He cared mm-hmm. about that property, mm-hmm. uh, and it's and that's when Scooby Doo was starting to die a little bit more. And then he was like, "Let's make an R-rated, gross Scooby Doo." And then mm-hmm. you know, Cartoon Network, Hanna Barbera, and Warner, all these people that owned it, realized like, "Oh no, this is still bankable. Cut out all that stuff." But those hooks are still there. Where like there yeah. are jokes about weed, and the love interest name is Mary Jane, and Shaggy's like, "I love Mary Jane." I love her, Scoob. Yeah. That uh, stuff, the Scooby-Doo rules. This is, All right, but, so back in 88, though, Hanna-Barbera starts mining their oh, properties. Yes. Yeah, for sure. They start releasing these movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes to TV, sometimes just straight to VHS. Your Flintstones Christmas. There's a whole bunch of them we're going to end up hitting. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Lost the so, time, rightfully. <laughs> very rightfully. So yeah. this one, looking up uh, what Scooby-Doo in the ghoul, ghoul school is, <laughs> is it's uh, Scooby-Doo ends up at Hogwarts slash uh, Hotel Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so it's a bunch of like they're ahead of their teen time girls that, who are vampires and werewolves and stuff. Yeah. Do we have and, a rap from the end of the film? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the end of the film. Um, it is so weird sometimes when I look up like... <laughs> like put put in you know the name of something the year and trailer into YouTube and mm-hmm. some people would just put up like a random scene and say it's the trailer and it's like why are you doing that <laughs> oh I hate that that's all over too. why are you doing that so someone mm-hmm. put this up as like the trailer and it's like this is clearly the end of the film mm-hmm. because they're talking about the outcomes for all the characters mm-hmm. and it's in the form of a fucking rap by fucking Scrappy Doo oh. <laughs> So with the cadets, it was a snap to escape Revolta's trap. Now let's get loose and dance and clap oh while I lay on my scrappy rap. Over there is Daddy Drack, who's glad to have his daughter back. And all the guys from Callaway are here to dance the night away. <laughs> yeah. Man, the science is too tight. Man, 98. <laughs> I can't handle it, Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> Damn it. Scrappy-Doo. He's got mad flow. Uh, he does. And we also have Crash Course. Uh, AKA what is Driving School is a made-for-TV movie starring Alyssa Milano, Jack A., Harvey Corbin, Whoa. and B.D. Wong. Whoa. Baby B.D. Wong. He raps at the end, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, Alyssa Milano and Tina Yothers are trying to... It's driving class. They're trying to take high school driving uh, classes. They, they keep failing. It's, it's like... License I, to drive for ladies? I, license to drive meets mm, summer school. Wow. 100%. I feel like they rushed this into production because summer school came out, like, last year. Um, yeah. You want to hear uh, B.D. Wong embarrass himself? You know of course I do. I do. We'll be cruising down the highway, but not more than 55. Miss Vanessa will be your senior child, be moving to a dorm. But you'll visit him and kiss at him, he ain't a geek no more. And JJ's going to Michigan State to be a football hero. We can hardly wait. Make us proud, Dr. JJ. We will watch you on TV, scoring touchdowns or saying to be or not to be. We be diving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> women be driving. Oh, God uh, damn it. Yeah, B.D. Wong is, is an exchange student of some oh, kind. Uh, all right. I'm guessing the joke is Asians can't drive. He's a whole lot less scary now in Mr. Robot once I dive back into that series. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know which is scarier. Actually. Every teenager still dresses exactly the way everyone's dressed in that video. His, his yeah. haircut, everyone's shirts and pants. That's crazy. Oh, that's oh but I, God, I don't, we're going, TV's hitting us pretty hard this week. This is a huge, huge show milestone. for me. I don't know, I don't know if this show meant anything to you at the time. Totally. Like, did it? I, it did, because I, I think 
before Winnie the Pooh was a merchandising colossus, it was just a really funny movie. And the yeah. it was a really funny movie. Those characters are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, and before that, it was short. That movie's a clip package. Yeah, it's a yeah. collection of shorts. The Many like, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Many yeah. Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And, did you guys and, watch the more recent one? The one that's just called Winnie I did. the Pooh? I have not. I heard it's good. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's it? pretty great. I the 2D animated one? Yeah. I don't really have any affection for, you know, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh or Blustery Day or any of that stuff. And then I just watched the new one. I was like... Oh my god, this is fantastic! Yeah, it, yeah. and I think it sadly didn't. I want to show did, this to all the children. Did so poorly, it killed Disney's two D theatrical animation division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but well, it was that was their other. So they that was the at this was point the most recent two D ones. They did Princess and the Frog, which mm-hmm. did not, which made money, but not money, money. Mm-hmm. And then what that was supposed to be? It's one of the many Disney movies that was supposed to be a direct to video movie. And then they're like, let's put it in theaters. And they were like, oh no, why did we do that? <laughs> what a mistake! It's I think well, Lasseter had made the decision to like, no, no, Disney makes. 2D traditional animated films. Pixar makes the 3D animated ones and tried to hold out on that as long as he can. But I'm pretty sure Pooh is the last. The, I think it's just called Winnie the Pooh. That's yeah. the final movie. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I think, the so introduction is, of Pooh becoming a phenomenon. Yes, yeah, so this is the new Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. uh, which was another. It was a just another in the line of you know uh, Gummy Bears, Ducktales. This one, like it was just another Disney putting a ton of money into an animated television show. Yeah, premiered so again, on the Disney please, Channel. We interviewed uh, Tad Stone. Mm-hmm. He is the credited creator of Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck, but he worked a lot on the Disney animated division. Michael Eisner making the decision: Disney should be in TV animation, and we should be the best at it. Yeah, and they it made everything else look like garbage. This show looks Winnie the Pooh especially. And let me, yes. oh, I gotta hear that. You theme gotta hear song. the theme. I sing this theme I love to the myself theme song. daily. Gotta get up. I gotta get going. I'm gonna see a friend of mine. He's round and he's fuzzy. I love him because he's just Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear. <laughs> I love this so much. Look how gorgeous this show is. This is really, really nice animation. It is, and it, it, I think it also helped Disney's straight-to-video output, because they... This released so slowly that it, they came out on like two episode VHSs as well. Yeah, it was uh, first on the Disney Channel, so mm-hmm. it was a cable show, and then it came well, to ABC later this year. We discussed with Tad Stone, like Disney Channel was always like, it's kind of like Disney's Patreon. Like if you're buying this channel, yeah. you're going to see these shows months before they premiere mm-hmm. on network television. There's no ads. There's, yeah, there's you no have ads. To pay, all, pay a ton of money for this. This eventually became a, uh, a Saturday morning cartoon alongside the Gummy Bears. Yeah, but it yeah it was it was a block with the Gummy. It was called like the Gummy Bear and Pooh Adventure yes, Hour. Yes, it doesn't get like credited that. enough as the, what paved the way for the Disney Afternoon, mm-hmm. and we're right now in the middle of the resurgence of Ducktales. So it's very important. It was a big part of that, that, and it's not considered one of the afternoon shows. It's not, uh, but it but it set up the afternoon. But it, it wasn't one of the shows. If I'm not mistaken, Gummy Bears entered daily syndication as part of the Disney Afternoon. Winnie the Pooh did not. Disney Channel kind of took those rights back. So if you didn't have the Disney Channel, you couldn't watch Winnie the Pooh every day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was on every day on the Disney Channel when I finally figured out a way to pirate it. Yeah, and I <laughs> want to mention that uh, this is when Jim Cummings took over Pooh and Tigger. Pooh and Tigger. Who he's mm. still, and now I, I believe he's Piglet these days yeah. uh, because at this point it was still Paul Winchell. He was mm-hmm. still alive. Uh, who you can see uh, if you see him in a movie like um, The Odd Couple or something, he is Piglet. Like, it's, oh it's no, Paul, crazy. Paul Winchell was uh, Tigger. Tigger, yeah. Oh, sorry, Paul Winchell. I meant uh, John Fielder is Piglet. John Fielder. Yeah. John Fielder. Yeah. Who just sounds like Piglet, it's like his normal voice. But both of them are dead <laughs> and are voiced by Jim Cummings. He's now. also oh, in no. Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, he's in Twelve Angry Men. He's just Piglet. It's crazy. <laughs> Paul Winchell, I believe, was another one of those guys who was like a Disney animator. 
mm. and then they made him a voice. I think he like huh. uh, like yeah, uh, Tony well, Anselmo. I, I know he was a he was a ventriloquist, but he mm-hmm. did voices for tons yeah. of stuff. All these all those guys, the original guys, are all over the place. This this is the beginning of the I would call the babification of Winnie the Pooh, the, the cuteness overload. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah, but I I don't think the first movie is not tailored towards preschoolers. Just all the characters are preschoolers. They're a little dumb, a little dim. Yeah, but they like don't the understand joke, The joke is that we get that they're saying the words wrong. Yeah. You know, and they're spelling things wrong. Well, it's, it's, it's just kind of beautiful, all of this imaginary world inside this kid's head, so they're only as smart as this child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. I have a tremendous affection for early Winnie the Pooh stuff, and that includes the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Do you know, who, played, of Winnie the do you know who played Eeyore? No. Peter Cullen. Really? <laughs> Optimus Prime was Eeyore. Wow. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll transform. <laughs> uh, Michael Goh was Gopher? Wow. Uh, the He's he's Alfred, right? Oh, yeah. Is wow. Michael Goh Alfred? Yeah, Alfred from the, the first couple of Tim Burton Batman movies. Uh, yeah, all, all four of them. Oh, no, all four. Ones. Yeah, all, all four of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, so just look into it. Like, at least watch. If you've never seen this show, this show was a huge part of my childhood. It was mm-hmm. all. It was on TV, like, every day. I would watch yeah. it over and over again. If you've never seen it, just go on YouTube and watch some clips because it's gorgeous. Yeah, I think most of it's archived on YouTube by somebody who's not Disney. <laughs> yeah. But I wish they treated the show a little better because mm-hmm. I think it's still very enjoyable. I think it's the reason they're... There's a poo ride at both Disney parks I, now. I have to believe that because it didn't just become baby merchandise overnight. Like yeah. it was in people's faces every day. Yeah. Uh, and now we day. have the most mediocre dark ride in both parks. <laughs> it's really bad, it, and I hate it. It got rid of the goddamn. It got rid of the Country Bear Jamboree mm-hmm. in yep. Disneyland, and it got rid of Mr. Toad's in Disney mm-hmm. World. So I'm I'm pissed at the ride in both places, but it's still it's still a pretty mm-hmm. okay ride. It's just it's just not it's as really good as boring. other rides. Uh, it's pretty boring, but there's some cool, interesting black light stuff. It going is uh, on one of the few trackless rides. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's rides. trackless. Uh, there are not a lot of those in America, mm-hmm. but there is the cool poo having the Doctor Strange out of body experience uh, <laughs> uh, cool effect. That's Whoa. I forget what they call that effect, but uh, I, we don't need to complain about yeah. this. <laughs> right on here, but that's, 19, that show's great. 1988 music. Let's talk about that uh, because we got new releases. What is this? Blow up your video by ACDC <laughs> and If I Should Fall from Grace with God by the Pogues. Their biggest selling album ever. Great album. Yeah? Great album. So Emotional by Whitney Houston is number one. I oh, think yeah. it bounced back and forth a couple times. Um, but yeah, that means that it is uh, 30 years. Uh, it's the 30th anniversary of my favorite Christmas song, mm. Fairy Tale of New York. Yeah. Oh. The only Christmas song that mentions heroin and has <laughs> a slur in it. Yeah! Wow. <laughs> well, we're, why don't we go out with that? This is a great album. And when we get back, we will talk about 1998, January 12th to the 18th. Stay tuned, people. Greetings on the fence listener who can't decide which Patreon to support. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the host, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. All right, so yeah, the sexual harassment thing, this was... I think this is another of those things you can blame slash thank Donald Trump for because I think a lot of people when they saw that Donald Trump wasn't felled by being among every other awful thing about him and admitted sexual predator Mm -hmm. that since he wasn't punished for it, everyone else was like, 
we have to punish the other fuckers then. Oh, you think it's an overcompensation? I, I think it's in part a reaction. Like, I don't think it's an overcompensation. Well, but, but, but like I, society trying to balance itself. Like, we didn't get this one guy. We're going to get everybody else. It could be. I mean, well, it's a very 2017 thing where you'll just wake up in the morning and you'll see yeah. two happened- women hosting the news. And they're like, well, this guy got fired. <laughs> like, yeah. Every morning I click on my Twitter moments tab. I'm like, who is next? Two women yeah. hosting and the news. Today it was uh, Russell Simmons. They're First line is, well, well, well I yep. didn't expect her. No, and, and Mario Batali yes, was today. Uh, when we were doing Bam. Batman v Superman, and Charlie Rose appeared on screen, somebody said, "Oh, sexual harasser Charlie Rose." So I was like, like ah, "Are you fucking kidding that, me? That really that happened." Can't be. John Lasseter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. And get tons of exclusive commentaries, podcasts, and videos in exchange. I don't mean to hold you up, but I got something to say. Swear to only give you hot shit every day. Afraid of us, you know this ain't a game to us. You strange to us, that's when we get in dangerous. Come on. This is serious. We could make you delirious. You should have a healthy fear of us. There's too much of us, it's dangerous. So dangerous, we so dangerous. A flip mode squad is dangerous. So dangerous. People, this is exciting. We're coming in with Busta Rhymes Dangerous, and it's exciting not just to have Busta Rhymes here, which is also great. I love uh, Fisheye Lens uh, music video <laughs> as much as anybody else. Uh, oh, no, it doesn't. I thought it w- Okay. No. But we're almost at, but of course, King of the Wind still gets to be still number one. Still number one. How much longer can it How last? How much longer? Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> oh, uh, but boy. We are right smack dab in uh, the beginning of 1998 with uh, January 12th to the 18th. Lots of new music to talk about. Backbone by some former Grateful Dead members. Challenge for Civilized Society by Unwound. Money, Power, and Respect by The Locks. The Troubleshooters by Funk... Funk Dubious? Yeah. Uh, Moon Safari by Air and Yodel the Cowboy Way by Riders in the Sky. <laughs> but is this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees yep. we yep. have this year? This Man, year. That used to be a big deal. Um, yep. Hall of Fame inductees include The Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, Mamas and the Papas, Lloyd Price, and Santana featuring wow. Rob Thomas. No, I'm just no. kidding about the last part. Yeah, they always have to throw in like that one guy that you gotta look up. It's like, oh, he, he, yeah. he wrote some songs in the 50s, I guess. No. <laughs> It's always that. It's always like, or he's some like blues musician you haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. But, he's uh, the, one of the guys that the Rolling Stones ripped off. Yes. If you're new to the show, and I doubt that you are, we are talking 30, 20, and 10 years in the past. January 12th to the 18th right now. We do occasionally stir up some news when there's some news worth newsing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is crazy. Cause <laughs> this, this sort of dominated the news and monologue cycle throughout the, the entire year of 1998. Uh, Frito Lay introduces Wow chips containing the miracle, <laughs> the miracle trans fatty Alestra. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, a like a, a flavorific. Like it's yeah. one of those things that's like a chemical that's good for you and it, it makes your butt leak. Yeah, but it's wow. a it's a fat like made chips fat free overnight, and they had I think rightfully Frito Lay is like we're not going to introduce this to our main chips and sully them. We're going to create a new line called Wow Fat Free Chips featuring Alestra. Were these baked chips? I th- I want to say it was just the oil they were cooked in, yeah. um, but it had to say on the back of the bag may cause anal leakage. They mm-hmm. didn't have a flowery term because yeah, the idea is that uh, that fat goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and if if you can't digest it like a regular fat <sighs> or oil, it's 
it's gonna go somewhere. <laughs> and the, I mean, that already is hilarious. But the fact they called it "Wow, Wow, Wow, I'm shitting!" Point. Exactly. Wow. Like, the one. <laughs> I mean, Wow, this burns. Called it like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, Butt faucet. <laughs> the best thing to come out of this is uh, there's a there's a joke earlier mm-hmm. in the series of Futurama where Bender shits a brick, and then later on they're going they find uh, like a, a bunch of buried old stuff, including mm-hmm. uh, like a VW bus, mm-hmm. and he finds a bag of wild chips and he eats one of them, and then just a bunch of bricks come out of <laughs> out of his butt. That's it's just so nuts that every time. Science, the science of food discovers a new chemical. They tout it and put it in everything until it all goes wrong and <laughs> disappears. Yeah. Later, this, NutraSweet. No, this does. This still exists. Does it really? Yeah, yeah. it's still in stuff. Oh does yeah, it, Olestra is still in stuff. They they stopped with wow and went with light. Yeah. Huh. Shit. And I think they toned down how much they use compared to other amped up the sugar and salt. Yeah, but no, it's it's still in there. I think no, I think these days it mostly is in the baked chips. You know those yeah. when you get the ones that are like flatter yeah. and crispier. Yeah, less flavorful, like, awful. No, I like them. Maybe no, I like I'll them just more. quit chips altogether. I like them more. They just put like four this. chips in a bag. Yeah, That's no. the problem. It's ridiculous. It's eleven dollars. And again, that, this was like all over SNL. The oh, the yeah. late night show monologues. Only to be unseated by something that happens the very next day. <laughs> Diana, okay, can you maybe read? Here re- it begins. It begins. It begins. <laughs> uh, January 16th, 1998, the FBI picks up White House intern Monica Lewinsky uh, and questions her in a hotel room uh, about whether she was coached in her testimony about the Paula Jones lawsuit against President Bill Clinton. And then the next day, the drug report. Uh, Drudge Report picks up the story, so Lewinsky is now part of the case. Wow. So Publicly, we, you're going to start hearing that name. We're introduced to the name Monica Lewinsky, exactly. which would fucking dominate the news cycle. It was yep. it was that, it was 20 years ago, it was as big as the Russia scandal is now mm-hmm. in current politics, fucking maybe bigger. bigger. He's going to get impeached over this yeah. shit. Yeah. What, was, what were the specifics of the suit before it involved her? Because these 20 years removed... It's right. only about her in our eyes. Yeah, the specifics were Paula Jones accused Bill Clinton of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and um, really where the trouble begins with the impeachment and all that was whether or not he was asking people to lie for him about what they heard or what they saw uh, and whether that was obstruction of justice. So mm-hmm. I think, Mon- I don't even know under what circumstances Monica Walensky was questioned, except it was like, she was questioned in the suit about whether she saw someone else being told mm-hmm. not to tell the truth because she came in. The Paula Jones stuff goes back to like when he was governor of Arkansas. It like yeah. goes way back. And so, then and then he's questioned, I think, by the FBI about Monica Lewinsky and lies about it. Right. Is that what happened? And then the, well, so the big impeachment charge was perjury. Well, it, it was perjury and obstruction of justice. Okay. It was perjury, the lying about stuff including monica Lewinsky, a personal affair right mm-hmm. and the whether or not uh Lewinsky was coached to lie for this lawsuit and or given a job as a reward because mm-hmm. i think she like got they talked to someone about getting her a job at revlon <laughs> <laughs> that's literally it was like calling Man. a guy and it's like There's it could a- just be hey i had this intern that i had a real personal relationship with mm-hmm. she's real cool she's real cool her her internship's running out you, should you give her a job or was it like we gotta pay her off mm-hmm. we're gonna pay her off by giving her a job at Revlon man but this I think for almost two years this was this in the poor, news but she's, she's like 21, 22 at the time she didn't know what the fuck's going on yeah but but also gorgeous 90, 90s gorgeous 
<laughs> yeah. She, I thought she was hot as hell, uh, Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, people made fun of her for being chubby, but I thought it looked good no, on her. Not, not the kid, not Chrissy. Yeah. He was happy to see her every day. <laughs> um, I feel real bad for her. God, what quaint times. <laughs> you yes, when this was, this was our scandal. Can you imagine a president lying? <laughs> uh, but moving into the movies and I guess in lighter news uh, 1998 January 12th to the 18th you'll never guess what movie is number one because it's Titanic and uh, we might as well I don't know maybe just grab a sound clip and just play it from here on out because yeah. Titanic is going to be number one for almost the entire year mm-hmm. yep. and even when it's the weeks it's not number one it'll come back the next week yep. Titanic just baby say, movie of the week is Ibid yeah it's weird it, this will be our candle in the wind for oh I think it might go for 2018 it's going to keep yeah. going forever <laughs> but it's not that there aren't new movies that you may have seen um, how to make the cruelest month what the hell is this D <laughs> I don't is that know. starring Troy McClure no <laughs> You may remember The Farm, Live Flesh in Montana, movies I've never heard of. Uh, Live Flesh. I've heard him. The Farm, Mangola, USA is a really good documentary about uh, a scary prison in Louisiana. Live Flesh is uh, one of the better Almodovar movies. Really? I've never seen it. This is just, he's just starting to ramp up Mm because his next next two movies are uh, all about my mother and then talk to her, which is all of a sudden, kaboom! But this is a real good Habla one, too. I believe it's called. Uh, <laughs> bad. But bad yeah, accent for me. Baby Harvey, Javier Bardem, who always looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> he always had a Dora haircut. Yeah, he, he, always, he even, always looks like the Latino Steve Buscemi. Yeah, <laughs> even when he was younger, it's like, oh my God. Does he in this film... like 50? Does he at any point ask uh, someone else if they want to make love? Probably. I feel like he does that in every movie. There's a lot of... It's about like the couples and crime and intersecting drama and stuff. And sounds like Almodovar. Yeah, it's Almodovar. <laughs> so what, what do you want? Is there going to be a nun? Is there going to be a transsexual? Yeah, probably. So mm. what do you want? Um, and but a bunch of the more slightly more notable movies. First off, we have Denzel Washington, John Goodman, and James Gandolfini yeah. uh, in Fallen. Detective John Hobbs wants to uncover the truth. What does Azazel mean? Now, my dictionary says that evil spirit of the wilderness... Walk away, Mr. Hobbs. But nothing in this world... ...is on my side. ...can help him solve this case. There are angels. Some of these angels were cast down, and a few of the fallen were punished by being deprived of form. Come on, get out of here. Yeah, get the hell out of here. <laughs> put Denzel Washington in a movie with angels. Who's Ann Beth Davids? She was, uh, she's in Schindler's List. Okay. okay. <laughs> but Fallen. She's the girl in the red dress. No. Fallen, I, yeah. No, she's a grown-up. I had yeah. never seen this, but I really wanted to at the time. It was like the first... Uh, Denzel Washington's movie, I think, that sort of fell by the wayside. He was a can-do-no-wrong actor at this point. And well, not directed by Tony Scott. He's put out so, so many. And mm-hmm. he just had this weird run in the mid to late 90s of mm-hmm. all these, you know, cop versus mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this Yelling or, vir- someone on a phone. This or virtuosity, kind of like you could just <laughs> you could just shuffle them together. Wow. And it, the oddball, high concept Denzel Washington movie. Yeah, or he's a cop versus a weird thing this one is a, a dead serial killer that can like jump between different bodies so he, whoa he, i did not catch that at all yeah so he never knows like he's just walking around and all of a sudden some lady comes over and he's like i'm gonna say something real personal that you're gonna make you think i'm a crazy killer person okay bye <laughs> he never knows where she's gonna be next well and i do remember this movie i've definitely yeah. seen the hard rain now the trap has become a hunt we're dealing with a slipper one Figures as long as he knows where the money is and we don't, we won't kill him. The victim has become the suspect. You took the money, didn't you? Yeah, I hid it in the cemetery. What the hell did you do that for? I don't like to carry around that much cash, you know? <laughs> That's Christian Slater, Randy Quaid, Mini Driver, and Morgan Freeman in a rare yeah. bad guy role uh, in the movie 
Hard Rain. And I remember this being pushed really hard because it was the next screenplay from Graham Yost, oh, who really? wrote Speed, which became oh. a phenomenon. And like, cool. oh, we got the next Speed in our hands. And I remember this being this trailer being shown for like a year, and it was called The Flood. If this mm. rain goes harder than 55 <laughs> d- well, DPI. I, what people didn't know is that Joss Whedon is the uncredited script doctor on speed uh-huh. so without him this did not make speed money mm-hmm. at all and what you couldn't hear there is like eight thousand gallons of water uh because it's yeah. almost the entire movie is christian slater up to his tits in yeah. liquids I, I mean that's that's the kind of concept i do like where it's like it's a heist movie but it's set it's, during a disaster it's during a massive flood yeah so they're constantly yeah running around in a ton of water and trying to sneak around and it's hard to sneak when you're in water. So. <laughs> is it being okay? Not mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it good or just Fine. not as good as Speed? One of the best action movies. Not as good as Speed, well, but yeah. it's like just to to be in a little kid in movie theaters and like you're seeing trailers for this for a year under different titles. Like it, it was very <laughs> strange, and it eventually got changed to a dumb name like Hard Rain. Just the rain kept getting worse. It started as trickle. <laughs> this rain is hard. Yeah, spitting. <laughs> um, uh, hard Rain also good name for Game of Thrones. Um, uh, but this is this is so very special uh, Jackie Chan had a movie out yep. and his name is not only the title but he plays Jackie Chan everybody wants to know who you are so do I now the only way he can do any good is if he remembers just how bad he can be you want to know who I am I want to know who I am. Who am I? Okay. Jackie Chance, who am I? And I remember this. We, we, why did they? I mean, I know why they did that to the title. It's mm-hmm. just supposed to be called Who Am I? Yeah. But they need to tell everyone Jackie Chan's in it. So it's Jackie Chance, Who Am I? Which answers your question. Yeah, I think <laughs> we did a Monday Night Movie commentary for First Strike because we are mm-hmm. like, what a, it was a great time for like the world to discover Jackie Chan. And once yeah. the world did, oh, Rumble in the Bronx, great success. Turns out this guy makes like one movie a month, and there's a lot of Jackie Chan to go around. The so, Hong Kong film market yeah. is like leaning on Jackie Chan to, totally. for, for like 20 years. Totally, and like, and I remember this this being distinctive that there were Jackie Chan movies, old Jackie Chan movies, coming into theaters yep. on almost uh, like uh, two, every two months. Yeah, and Master. There was so story. much. This came straight to HBO, and it doesn't it doesn't really deserve the distinction of straight to TV movie. It's fucking cool, dude. No, it wasn't a straight to TV movie everywhere else. Yeah, no, not everywhere else in the world. But like HBO played this up because they always mm-hmm. had like the shitty Friday night straight to HBO action slot. But like mm-hmm. now we have Jackie Chan, a theatrical star in our HBO premiering on HBO. Yeah, it's and- rare. Usually when you see Jackie Chan speaking English, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but mm-hmm. it means that the action won't be great because he's not allowed to yeah, take not- over and let tell them how to do it. Like he does in not China. here this is super this famous one, looks awesome yeah this falling, one like, is awesome he's there sliding, no sliding down an african building like <laughs> yeah. it looks insane and it's also yeah. directed by chan i believe um oh is it okay. yeah that's always the best one because yeah, he knows a, exactly where to put a camera to show mm-hmm. somebody get their ass beat and the, he knows not this jackie chan is the reason people get mad at me for complaining about mm-hmm. the action in marvel movies mm-hmm. is because i just don't like the way most american action movies are shot because i grew up watching jackie chan movies where a, i'm like why are we regressing he did it perfectly a great video thesis on every frame of every, every frame, frame of painting, of painting is um that's an amazing talks about, about how it. great jackie chan is with taking hits on film and why mm-hmm. 
Hollywood has to cut because they're not as well trained yeah. or they're not willing to take a potential Chris hit Pine like Jackie hit in Chan. The face. Is. We can't shoot for six days because yeah. he's got to yeah. fix that shiner. Yeah, but Jackie Chan was willing to go the extra mile to make these amazing physical tour de force performances. Oh, yeah. like, this one's really good. I mean, so I, I pretty much have to organize Jackie Chan movies in my head based on what's the big stunt? What's yeah. the big stunt? Is this the one with the hovercraft? No, it's the one where he slides <laughs> down the side of a fucking building. Skyscraper. With like, right. with like, he goes to like 50 feet or 50 stories on a skyscraper and before mm-hmm. that there's like a really great fight on top mm-hmm. I remember with two guys that's clearly like these guys are like the best stuntman in town mm-hmm. or something maybe even in the world and it's just like let's just showcase how cool we are for a few mm-hmm. minutes Ugh. just have an insane fight yeah it's when every oh, like during like, the credits it mm-hmm. was always him like doing bloopers where he's showing like yeah. I am almost dying constantly making my movies oh yeah they show bloopers from the sliding down the side of a building yeah. where it's like it's going a little off oh crap <laughs> or the one that uh, oh crap what's the Mr. Show sketch it's where the they, movie uh, they, is it the movie it's the movie where they, they remake the, the, the credits, credits of the movie like they show the every scene every scene an actor gets hurt and carried off in a stretcher and gives a thumbs up because <laughs> that's what that happens Chan. in every Jackie Chan yeah. credits uh, but yeah speaking of I think great 90s comedies hell yeah have, uh, very notably this film Positions. Thurgood Brian Kenny and Scarface just feel like you're floating this weed is fantastic <laughs> their job stink you suck you wow. suck you suck you're cool. Your sex <laughs> life is zero. How do I know you're not lying to me? How do I know you got panties on, Mary Jane? I don't. And their lives are going nowhere. I'm a professional meter hopper. <laughs> you have smoked yourself retarded. You're who's on munchies tonight. This is a crazy trailer. <laughs> yeah. They throw the R word in there, but they clearly shot it. But they reshot that scene. Yeah, you that, suck, you suck. That was, be, yeah. That's the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, fuck you. <laughs> the, the, I don't know, what do you want? Like, still... Written, co-written by Neil Brennan, yeah. um, so co-creator of the Chappelle the Show, co-creator of the Chappelle Show, and but this is like this is awesome. Dave Chappelle being this a comedian, movie, like if you like comedy, you know who Dave Chappelle this is. This holds up crazy well because it's, it's just fun. dumb jokes. It, when it turns into kind of like an action movie, mm-hmm. that's when it gets like boring. When you're like, no, go back to just making stupid jokes. Have hey, so we even said this is half half baked? Sorry, half baked. The movie so, half baked. We have a commentary for this. That you oh. can get by becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime, or you can pick it up on LaserTime.BandCamp.com mm-hmm. because this is a fucking fantastic yeah. it's a fully comedy um i have to admit i have not watched this for one reason what jim brewer oh you don't, you don't like jim brewer i really don't like jim brewer you like goat boy no <laughs> i uh, fucking Joe Pesci do show. not like jim brewer and it's one of those things i can't even tell you quite why mm-hmm. oh. i i feel like maybe it's because he's overdoing it he mugs too much there's something about him that's like oh man there's dave Chappelle in a stoner comedy i want to watch that he, but he oh shit the... he gets x he gets the same amount of screen time as jim brewer no <laughs> no not not at all no uh, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle's the star. The star, okay. and everybody okay. else has little moments to shine. And I, I forget, I forget exactly how it goes. But Chappelle and Jim Brewer have like a fascinating intertwined history. I think they were discovered at the same time. Oh, the they were a agent. comedy duo. Yeah, that's what? they were. They were in it. They had a, uh, I think, two pilots that didn't go. Yep. They were on uh, Home Improvement together oh my in God. an episode. Uh, the um, there's a joke about it in uh, an episode of The Simpsons mm-hmm. where the producer bots or whatever, and they're like, "Have you tried Dave Chappelle?" Like <laughs> that, that's pulling on the idea that like people just kept trying to get these guys to work, and then it was only when they got separated and made what they wanted. Jim Brewer went and leaned harder into stand up, mm-hmm. and Dave Chappelle made Chappelle Show. Mm-hmm. That's when they really exploded. But they had um, a pilot called like Buddies, mm-hmm. or it was yeah. like the yeah, like there's no yep. uh, no. Of course, this show didn't make it, but like they tried to. It was a backdoor pilot on Home Improvement. Oh my god! 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the Half-Baked's so great, and like the mainstream comedy world had not had a pot-based comedy since the Cheech and Chong movies yeah. fell out of fashion. And I remember like we all got high and went to the premiere. I remember this specifically. Wait, you saw this movie on, on weed. weed. <laughs> great John Stewart cameo. Um, just we were, we were rolling a joint and pulling up to the movie theater, and we're in like this shitty... 1980s Corolla and it's low to the ground we pull up to the movie theater my friends who doesn't know how to roll joints but I'm driving so he has to do it we just pull up to the theater and he turns his head and like there is his he's face to face with his teacher while rolling a joint and it's, it's fucking great his teacher? his teacher uh, one of his teachers looking him right in the eye but I'm gonna guess she was there to see Half-Baked too. maybe Fallen I don't know just last year um, I saw Bob Saget live mm-hmm. in his hometown which is awesome because he is in his tiny little theater and he just uh, or it's like it's like an actual theater so it was like decent size but it was like mm-hmm. in the middle of PA somewhere so he just like sits in a chair doesn't do most of his material and is like this is awesome like my high school is there I can see it from here uh, and he tells that story that he's told a bunch of times about like how his cameo in this movie haunts him to this day they're like when people see him on the street they go you suck dick for coke and he's like uh, and he's like and this is my daughter <laughs> I used to suck dick for coke you in here for some marijuana and that's David from the second season of the real world who got it kicked is? off the... Yeah, I, I love his... As I love this movie even more, I love his performance in that scene even better. You hear for some marijuana? You just suck dick for coke. Boo this man! <laughs> Boo! I've seen him! Yeah, I see... Yes, it's fantastic. I love Half-Baked, and I thoroughly recommend... It's hilarious. It's worth a rewatch. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's, it's the dumbest movie Chappelle-y. in the world. It's why, it's why that show had a unique voice to it. It's mm-hmm. a very irreverent comedy when in a time where... I don't know. Comedies were pretty straightforward and didn't have a lot yeah. of silly dream sequences or dead shit. But I fucking <laughs> love that faked. Uh, but uh, man, those are the fantastic movies of 1988. Yeah. But January 12th through the 18th also has a lot of notable TV crap. Yeah, a quick mm-hmm. bit of cleanup. We missed this on the ninth. Gullah Gullah Island ended on mm. Nickelodeon after four seasons and 70 episodes. Uh, I wow. saw the set in my Universal Studios tour. Carissa <laughs> explains it all on Gullah Gullah Island. We're still shooting in Orlando whenever I was there. Uh, the show stars Ron and Natalie Days, or Daisy possibly. Uh, mm-hmm. They were also cultural advisors uh, about the. It was a show about different cultures, specifically the Gullah Gullah culture from mm-hmm. uh, uh, their home of St. Helena Island mm-hmm. uh, and it's an interesting show it was, I watched it as a kid it was cool to see different points of view on kids shows which you didn't see a lot Binya Binya was uh, a horrifying Barney-esque uh, man in a frog suit that would jump around uh, it's just an interesting show we don't need to play uh, the clip sure. but um because we're already going a little long. But mm-hmm. uh, on the 12th, CBS acquires the rights to the mm-hmm. AFC of the mm-hmm. NFL as part of a $4 billion eight-year contract. Uh, Fox and ABC renew their agree- uh, renew their agree- agreements for the NFC and Monday Night Football, respectively. Um, so the Super Bowl, which we will talk about uh, from January 25th, oh, would be NBC's last NFL game until 06. I love looking at the rights of sports because it's something you never think about because all these channels are free. So you yeah. don't, it's not like you're limited on access. But like right now, I think... ESPN might tank itself because they paid a multi-billion dollar, multi-year contract. And guess what? New kids who like YouTube channels and mm-hmm. Minecraft streams, they're not getting into sports and they're not yeah. watching TV. And their sports fans are dying, which is kind of something as a dork I've dreamed of forever. <laughs> uh, so like, and, they're, and ESPN is on the hook for multiple billion dollars for stuff that's not gaining any new fans. We're losing the ESPN zones, getting bulldozed Good. in downtown Disney. Good. Oh, no. <laughs> Good, but uh, yes, that's that's me. I yeah. shouldn't champion the demise of sports, but I'm so bored by no, it. No, I like sports and sports mm-hmm. fans. The Eagles are doing great right now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Eagles. Uh, doing on better the Eagles. than the Browns. <laughs> on, the- 
Oh, I'm so you Philly sorry. Philly people. <laughs> Go Eagles. Um, on the 12th. I'm going to throw a D battery at you if you say something bad about the Eagles. <laughs> at Santa Claus. Yep. Uh, on the 12th, Jenny is canceled on NBC after one season of 17 episodes. Uh, this was Jenny McCarthy's uh, terrible sitcom mm. uh, when she was still the biggest voice in women comedy in America. Uh, I still think she was a real funny lady. Those are dark she, days. The I sketch mean, show was not bad. Her sketch show was interesting, the MTV one, uh, where she'd like fart and pick her nose and stuff, mm-hmm. and that was huge, and she was on that show with Hardwick, uh, singled out. Um, but it's just a terrible show. It's about how her father dies and leaves her a lot of money, so she moves to Hollywood to pursue her career and uh, tell people not to vaccinate their kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have a I have a clip from the pilot here, so let's just hear one of the great jokes from the show Jenny, which again was canceled after one season of seventeen episodes. Did your mother ever tell you anything about him? Not really. All she would ever say was he was never interested in being a father. That and never ever trust the rhythm method. <laughs> Oh, knocked up. Uh, that show sucks, and Jenny McCarthy sucks because yeah. she wants people to not vaccinate their kids. Wasn't always that way. I, I, I like Jenny McCarthy back then. Yeah, that, mm. back then it was fine. But. Why does IMDb list this show as 1997 to question mark? It could come back. It could come back. Anytime. Will and Grace came back. Roseanne's coming back. Yeah. Jenny could come Resurrected back. Resurrected for Crackle. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> yeah, do it. They're doing Joe Dirt 3, so <laughs> yeah, why, not? why not do this? Why not? Uh, on the 15th, The Secret World of Alex Mack ends on Nickelodeon after yeah. four seasons and 78 episodes. Let's hear uh, the intro of that, which sets up the show. Would you want to grow up here? I have to. I'm Alex Mack. I was just another average kid until my first day of junior high. One minute I'm walking home, the next there's a crash and I'm drenched in some weird chemical. And since then, nothing's been the same. She's got powers. It's, it's it's bizarre. I I have a little bit of affection for this show. This is kind of I watched the show a lot on SNCC. Yeah, it was right when I was growing out of SNCC. But I think it's this new renaissance of Nickelodeon live action television shows. It looks mm-hmm. cool. It's got a great. I think my only problem with it as a premise. Again, the world was dying for Marvel and DC shows and movies out the ass. They just couldn't get it together, so people had to make their own original superheroes. So what were Alex Max's powers? She could turn into Everything. A, yeah. She <laughs> had every power in the she universe. She could shoot lasers out of her hand. She could turn into a pile of silvery terminator colors, goo. telekinesis. Like, she could well, do she changed colors when she everything. was flustered. She would turn yellow. <laughs> yes. uh, she was a big... Uh, this is one of my first crush shows. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was girl. too young to really have a crush on Clarissa. Mm-hmm. So when this show came around, uh, I was starting to, to learn things about myself. But uh, it was it was a fine, dumb kid show. Totally. You know, I, I was more into this than Shelby Woo. Uh, <laughs> Final uh, roles of Pat Moritas. Uh, Alan Strange. Uh, uh, so, but also the Golden Globes this Yes, week. the Golden um, Globes air on the 18th. Big winners, Titanic, who would have thought, as yeah. good as it gets. Uh, Peter Fonda for Yuli's Gold, a movie I have a tremendous affection for because yep. it's shot in my hometown area of Florida. Good, good movie. Um, also featuring uh, the wife on Home Improvement. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, she's great. Yeah, Jack Nicholson got Best Actor. Yeah, um, well, because Golden Globe split between comedy and drama, so uh, as good words. as it gun, as good as it gets, and Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. uh, and Helen Hunt won as as good as it gets as a comedy, and then Peter Fonda and Judy Dench won for drama. James Cameron won for director, and uh, TV was X Files and Ally McBeal. Ally McBeal, so, hmm. good week for Fox. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, we gotta go out. Oh my god. We're gonna go out with Mary Jane by Coolio. That'll close out our January 12th to the 18th of 1998 segment. But come on, people. There's some exciting stuff in 2008. Get ready, because we're gonna head there right after this. But until then, this is I'm in Love with Mary Jane by Coolio, exclusively on the Half Bake soundtrack. We'll be back in 2008, people. What y'all know about Mary Jane? How y'all feel about Mary Jane? Y'all don't know about Mary Ahoy hoy everybody, if you're looking for a perfectly cromulent podcast that will embiggen your knowledge about the greatest TV show ever made, be sure to check out Talking Simpsons, the Laser Time Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Here's a clip from our most recent episode. Though I disagree with Jay, I prefer Camus to Sartre. I think that Camus mm. has more emotion and humanism to his work, while I think Sartre is is more clinical and removed. Who wrote the plague? Is. is that Camus? Yes. Okay, that is I like Ca- him. Yeah, he, I also love The Stranger is my favorite. I want to knock which, all of your books out of your hands <laughs> right now. Albert Camus, The Stranger, you guys should read it. I Look, I'm... I, this guy was just screaming about the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> For all this and more, be sure to check out Talking Simpsons every Wednesday at TalkingSimpsons.com or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you crave even more Simpsons-related stuff, head on over to Patreon.com slash TalkingSimpsons for dozens of exclusive podcasts, including Talking Critic. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of january 12th through 18th yes very strong recommend from 75 years ago this week january 12th 1943 alfred hitchcock's shadow of a doubt was released this is a great movie this is hitchcock said this was his favorite of his films so that by itself deserves a watch uh it stars Teresa Wright as this, you know, kind of teenage girl, and uh, Joseph Cotton, her favorite uncle, comes to visit, and oh, Uncle Charlie's so great, and then there's just this slow, creeping dread of, something's not quite right with Uncle Charlie. Do you think Uncle Charlie might be a serial killer? Hmm. Don't know much uh, else to say about it. I mean, Hitchcock, you know, he's the master of suspense, but uh, he, he doesn't get enough credit for the, the creeping dread and then the tension of just having two people in a room who they know, I know that you know that I know that you did the bad thing. And how do we get out of this? Uh, really uh, underrated movie, Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, definitely a very influential movie. I think you'll see as you watch it, things will probably jump out at you. So that's my absolute recommend for the week. Alfred Hitchcock, Shadow of a Doubt from 1943. And that's it for the week's Day Classic. Coming in with Tattoo by Jordan Sparks. It is on the charts this week, but not number one. That spot belongs to Flo Rida and T-Pain with Low. 
Um, new releases in music, 2000, 2008, uh, January 12th to the 18th. That's right, the one and only Ringo Star with <laughs> Liverpool 8. Um, hey, no, he could just coast. Did he clone his friends? Keep, keep going. <laughs> um, Winter by John Foreman. Distortion by the Magnetic Fields. Pocket of Sunshine by Natasha Bedingfield. And Something to Say by Matthew West. Those are a lot of unfamiliar names <laughs> to me. Yeah, you oh ever heard Pocket Full of Sunshine? No. Huh. No. Yeah, you might recognize it if you heard it. Is no. that related to Pocket Full of Kryptonite? No. No. Everything is related to the Spin Doctor somehow, I promise. <laughs> I can prove this one day. But until then, we got to talk about the news. January 12th to the, uh, the 18th in 2008. All right, this is all Ooh. internet, but yeah. it's all crazy. I love it. Lasagna Cat premieres on January 14th. I love Lasagna Cat. <laughs> I figured you would, because it's disturbing. And it came back last year after like a long hiatus. Yeah. Uh, and super, super funny. Um, the original Making Fun of Garfield meme on the internet. 2008 premiere. Jesus, 10 years ago. Just videos of live-action Garfield shorts, like, unchanged uh, Garfield strips. Yes, which I think is... No, Jim Jim Davis ended up co-opting Garfield without Garfield and making it, like, an official... That's on his website, yeah. It's so weird. Uh, He steers steers into things that make fun of Garfield. Um, But uh, it's pretty cool. Check out that series. January 15th, Gawker posts the creepy and intense Tom Cruise Scientology video. Uh, part of the video package of Cruz getting the Freedom Medal of Honor from the church, mm-hmm. complete with the knockoff Mission Impossible music. Yep. I can't remember what creepy Tom Cruise Scientology footage this is because there's so much. This is the one when he's on stage and they give him that dumb medal and they put it over. They're on like this. Are they on a cruise it, ship? Uh, are they? I don't know. I've only seen it. I can't remember. They might be. It's the, it's the, the one where he's. The, there's a lot of. Uh, mm-hmm. close, you know, um, interview style mm-hmm. video. I think he's wearing a sweater. And he's talking about what Scientology means to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like unfocused and rambly and weird. And he talks about like, and people ask me like, is there going to be a day when there aren't SPs, suppressive persons, meaning people persons. who think Scientology is bullshit? It's like, hmm. You know, cause that, that could be like a real thing. It's like, you know, we're trying to make that happen. We're making Ooh. that happen in the world because work the tech. The tech <laughs> and he, like, works. And laughs and claps Woo! a bunch during the video and it's really unsettling. Yeah, it, the whole thing is just too freaking intense, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, no matter what your religious beliefs, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't ever be this intense about it. <laughs> and during the, uh, during the medal ceremony, he says like, it's all for LRH and they all like salute a big painting of right. L. Ron Hubbard. Oh this this is in the um, documentary Going, Going Clear. Clear. You see a lot of yeah. clips from this in it. Freedom Medal of <clears throat> Honor is like so close to being like the Mr. <laughs> Burns Award for Achievement <laughs> Excellence. It's a bunch of words together. Yeah. Uh, the freedom, the medal of greatness being yeah. good at Tom things. Cruise is getting bored. we got to come up with something. <laughs> Dangle some keys in front of him. Uh, oh, and then soon, a few years from then, he'll be like climbing the world's tallest building and hanging off of planes. Yeah. <laughs> he does just get bored. And jumping right back into memes on that same day, Pepe, Pepe the Frog is reposted on 4chan for the first time. Yes, yeah, back when it was just a cool indie comic. Uh, feels good, man. It sucks for that guy so much. Yeah. that it's I been met co- that guy. He yeah. To, he used to come into a print shop that I worked at and like really? make and like print out prints of his comic before he was he, really is famous. It part of a comic strip called The Boys. Yes, yeah, is that what it was called? Yeah, Paper Something the Frog's like a character on that and has been co-opted. There's like a wolf against the author's wishes by some of the meanest people on the internet. Yeah. He's just and a frog who liked to pee with his pants all the way down. Yeah. Yeah, Feels just, good, man. Just a stoner frog, and that turned into. Nazism? Turned, yeah, uh, the emblem for the Tiki Torch Whites. Again, yeah. thank you, Dave Chappelle, for coming co-op, coining that term on your new special. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he had to kill him, I believe, last year. Yep. He killed him in the comics to yeah. try and get rid of him. Uh, poor, poor Pepe. Someday they'll uh. they'll co-op Meg Mong and Owl and ruin that for us. <laughs> but 2008 in movies is 
Not interesting until the big one. Um, I don't know, Diane. I have not seen Twenty Seven Dresses. Nor have I. Catherine Heigl's, uh, I think, post knocked up. Like you're a big star now. Yeah, yeah. Big star now. Movie. Being these movies, knowing that did end up most of them not making money, and then mm-hmm. she's stuck to TV again. And stories come out that everyone hates her. <laughs> yeah, that she's kind of a pain on set. Yeah. And this, I guess, this movie's about Twenty Seven Dresses. Is the t- amount of time she's a bridesmaid and never the bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But James uh, Marsden. James Marsden's in it. Cyclops. Jane was good at taking care of everyone. You've been a bridesmaid 27 times? What do you do besides work and help people get married? You having fun? Oh, it's a great party. But she never took care of herself. Jane, yeah? did you put that breakfast burrito on my desk? I just thought you might be hungry. That's why I love you. I love you too. Oh, yeah, you're right. I need yeah. That. You fucking tell her, Judy Greer. You slap Catherine well, Heigl. I want Judy Greer yeah, to slap she me. She never lost after Ed Burns. Don't no, trust that guy. He said that, what, a couple weeks ago, right? It's like, if Ed Burns is in a movie, you probably should avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Mad Money with Diane Keaton, Queen Latifah, and Katie Holmes. This is not the George Clooney, Based on the television Foster. show movie. Uh, what is this? It's a heist movie. Mm-hmm. With Diane Keaton? Yes. Yeah. In the most secure bank in the United States, three ordinary women are about to dream up one extraordinary plan. Nobody, not once, has ever beaten a system in like a hundred years. So, what are you, some kind of like super genius? You tell me. One has the motive. This money is worn out. It's going to be shredded. So what do we do? We take some, we spend it. It's like recycling. This is crazy. One. Thank you, Ted Danson. Bringing a little male mm-hmm. levity to this uh, this lady heist movie. Yeah, it's I've a lady heist movie. There's a lot of uh, the the main images from it were always like them in black turtlenecks, mm-hmm. like dancing with throwing money around. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but no of course, this this huge debut. I love it. Like you might not recognize almost anybody in the cast: Michael Stahl, David, Mike Vogel, Odette Usman. But then we have uh, Lizzie Kaplan and uh, T.J. Miller. Miller as HUD. Holy shit! It's happening. What is it? Is it coming this way? I saw it. It's alive. It's huge. No. Anybody see Jensen? Coming this way. Oh, Lady Liberty. Maniacs. The Statue of Liberty's head rolls through the streets of Manhattan. I... Can I just say, before we even say what this is, I remember seeing this trailer release and everyone's like, what the fuck is it? Because they're Mm -hmm. not telling you what it is. Yeah. And someone said... It's like it got passed around so much that someone said that that guy says, I saw it, it's a lion. And they were like, Oh my God, guys, it's a Voltron movie. Wow. Like, oh. Shut the fuck up. It's not a Voltron movie. Yeah, and it's I even, fucking Cloverfield. It's a robot lion. It's five remember, robot lions. I even remember like being here, I was new to San Francisco, and there was viral marketing of chalk drawings on the street yeah. about promoting this movie Cloverfield it's nice to live in a world I don't know J.J. Abrams leans very heavily on that kind of like viral nonsense and mm-hmm. all of it involving Cloverfield fucking meaningless he's not con oh, yeah. you uh, yeah <laughs> all of it was meaningless but I love Cloverfield Cloverfield is a solid movie yeah I, I love it and I feel bad that J.J. Abrams got all the credit and Matt Reeves the director yeah. he did not get the credit he deserved he got to make Planet of the Apes and it's awesome yeah exactly <laughs> Matt Reeves is a real good Real totally, director. totally yeah. sturdy and dependable. But Cloverfield, seemingly out of nowhere, and then I, that's what I teased at the beginning of the show: the slowest franchise in the universe. <laughs> Eight years later, we'd see a second movie in the that's Cloverfield world, and it is related. It is also excellent. Yeah. The only part I don't like about the movie is when it ties into Cloverfield. Like the last ten minutes. What? Yeah. Why would you do this to us twice a decade? Like, 
off all these questions, and then I find out there is a Cloverfield movie slated for right now. It was yeah, it's it, coming. As of this recording, it just got moved from February. It has no title, nope. but there's well, a they're trying the same thing they did with Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is they announced it like when it's about to come out. Yeah, Cloverfield Lane was announced what like like a month I, or that's two. That's right. That's right. Like it, the trailer came out of Comic Con, and then it came out like two or three months later. And I think that movie is one of the like what it's not a movie that's like my favorite movie. But like a low key modern classic, Ten Cloverfield Lane also really goddamn good for none of the reasons Cloverfield is good at all. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the last ten minutes, it would be perfect. Yeah, which I don't hate. Dave loves it, uh, but I don't I see don't, how that relates. I don't hate it to the original movie at all. I just I, think it's so. Un- well, it's a, they have said that it's a different universe. Like they're not directly. They? Yeah, I okay, mean Abrams it, has said that then, he could go back on that whenever. I'm Nothing totally matters. fine with that too. The little anthology movies with Twilight mm-hmm. Zoney premises. I think they're great. I just yeah. think the defense for the last ten minutes, which I think are fine, mm-hmm. they're just not nearly as good. I feel like it just goes on and could stop. Mm-hmm. The defense is always like, "Well, we see how she's learned to like problem solve and fight her thing," and it's like, mm-hmm. "Well, she did just get out of that bunker, so mm-hmm. <laughs> she's already but, shown that she can do things." But back to I guess back to the original Cloverfield, just mm-hmm. an excellent God's American, a Western Godzilla movie mm-hmm. shot found yeah. footage style. It might be at the end of the day my favorite found footagey movie, even though that premise is yeah. a little worn a little thin over time with your paranormal activities more than VHS 2 yeah yeah, but I, I love it I think this is so great it's the exact way I'd like to experience a monster movie from the ground yeah, exactly mm-hmm. that's the thing that I, I like about it is that there's somewhere that we're not seeing mm-hmm. off camera is your standard Godzilla movie happening where a bunch of generals get around and with like a scientist guy and he's like I'm telling you it's coming this way you've got to listen and they're like no we're going to do things our way and then and then there's running around and then they come up with a super weapon to try to stop it blah 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 and it's not about those guys that yeah. we always mm-hmm. see in Godzilla movies it's it's about the, the ran- little people in the street random yeah. schmucks all the little random mm-hmm. schmucks that have to run away from the monster like oh god yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, TJ Miller's is like the de facto narrator of the movie because he's yeah. the guy holding the camera named HUD. Get Do we it? ever see him? I don't think so. Or if you do, it, he just turns the camera around for a I second. Think you see him once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> so you barely see him. Yeah, and uh, you know, movies influenced by 9-11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this might yeah. be the best one, too. Wow, that yeah. It, Could be. Because hey, it's it'd be really interesting to watch this and American Godzilla back-to-back because American Godzilla... It is. All the people on the ground are going about their fucking day. Mm-hmm. The Dwayne Reed is still open. Everyone's <laughs> calm and fine. Oh, he's on the, he's on the East 40s. I'm fine over here, I guess. And this one, like, we're, because we've seen some of that real imagery mm-hmm. of what it looks like when a building falls down in the middle of New York, mm-hmm. there's some of that, and, like, we can relate to it better. It's, and it doesn't exploit it. It just knows that its audience yeah. recognizes it more. Yeah, yeah. Games leaned heavily on, I would say, 9-11 imagery to... Yeah create imports as well and yeah, your mans of steels your yeah. things like that that like dust is everywhere and buildings are getting hurt yeah, yeah. it was and like an image we nothing. didn't but yeah it means didn't nothing have until the real thing the, the people getting hurt and this yeah. we see the people getting hurt and mm. i think jj abrams stated he wanted king kong and godzilla had gotten a little cuddly mm. but the idea of not being able to get like a hard shot of this thing coming yes. after you like makes it fucking terrifying and then they yeah. put out an action figure of it and you're like oh that's it <laughs> yeah exactly Aww. once you saw the action figure like eh. yeah but the fact that you don't get to see this it's in much... the thumbnail of the video we just watched is like, it isn't really? that weird <laughs> or it's on that one over there like that that kind of demystifies yeah, it like... yeah once it came to dvd like when we rewatched it we paused to see yeah both cloverfield and the little the little guys that attack in the subway little babies again like you get just enough of a look of them to be fucking terrifying and, and in its defense the 
most recent Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, is an amazing approach to a monster movie, movie as well. Fantastic. And if you, have you not seen it, Diana? I still haven't it seen is it. Oh, fantastic dude, it's fantastic. It's just a weird. bureaucracy, like uh, dudes in suits, like we just said, arguing with each other. It's but that's so what good. the movie is more about than mm-hmm. the monster. Mm-hmm. It's about the ineffective. It leans into the <laughs> humor of, of that. It's, it's like oh, wow. um, it's like in the loop, but there's a giant monster. <laughs> yeah. To the point, to the point of parody, but I believe the director being very mad about the reaction to the tsunami mm. and the gov- yeah. the government's oh. the government's reaction to the tsunami. So it's like it's it's becomes meaningful in the same way the original Godzilla was meaningful. If in you're the familiar 1950s. with that guy's oeuvre, he is a guy who cares about shit, like capital <laughs> C, capital A, capital S. Is that Anno? <laughs> uh, yeah, even Gellion. Uh, we're going everywhere here but Cloverfield <laughs> super cool and I can confirm it holds up really well yeah. the effects work it's just a super fun movie uh, definitely check out Cloverfield I kind of wish uh, Double J was making more movies in, in this universe just little anthology horror sci-fi flicks yeah. mm-hmm. I can't I honestly can't wait to see what what the hell God Particle is and what it's about mm-hmm. I think I'll, I'll be unlike 10 Cloverfield Lane I'll be in the theater day one because you know Dave was so excited went and saw it immediately and oh, did you not? I did. I did. I didn't just because, like, I don't know. I just, I it it wasn't one of those, you know, if it's not a fucking Marvel movie or Star Wars, I can't get a team of people together. Dude, but, John Goodman being creepy? Sign mm. me the fuck Dude, up. Dude, really good. Really good. Um, mm. Cannot wait to see more of that. But that that's about it for movies, but a significant television debut in yes. 2008, January uh, 12th or the 18th. This is kind of a light week, but shows are coming back, mm-hmm. and they premiered a show in January, which shows how confident they were, mm-hmm. because this franchise was not doing as hot, even as it is now, yeah. uh, weirdly at the time, because we're post-T3. Uh, we are just movie. About, I'll go to bat for any day of the week. I uh, think it's fantastic. Me too, actually. <laughs> that movie's fun, T3 but it did not fantastic. make my dude. Arnold Schwarzenegger balancing a casket full of guns on yeah. his shoulder, walking around <laughs> shooting people. And I Hell always, yeah! I always say at that time, everybody was doing Matrix Kung Fu and camera worlds, and like these are just fucking robots grabbing <laughs> shit and bashing <laughs> each, other. each other. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a lady robot, mm-hmm. uh, and lady robot, which would mm-hmm. go into influence because the whole series is about like strong women mm-hmm. uh, at its core. And then you know, it's pre. What's the uh, trash your fucking lights one okay well, that's <laughs> no not Janet before that the oh one from salvation o, the one from 010 or 09 uh, so in between those we had Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles on Fox premiered on Fox uh, which I have older people who are like super into Terminator like told me no this show's pretty it's good it's pretty okay It's it's uh, it ran two seasons 31 episodes it is Definitely of that era where it's a lot of these kind of shows, you know, La Femme Nikita mm-hmm. uh, were, were out of, um, what's the, uh, Jennifer, what, Alias, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, it kind of yeah. post that world where a lot of shows are trying the similar thing. This is one of the few that kind of did the same. Dollhouse uh, was mm-hmm. a contemporary mm-hmm. of the show, which, you know, never really hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. It was, it messes up the canon a lot, but who cares? Yeah. Because it's, there's no canon to Terminator anymore. The, the, Terminator they, 3 ruined the canon, so. If you, ha- I don't want to go off on it too. Terminator Genesis is one of the worst things I have ever seen in my I've, whole I've life. I've not watched it. I probably it won't. is yeah, terrible, and it undid the canon of. He's like, we're not Sarah Connor Chronicles doesn't count. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. And then they they did something even worse to the Terminator canon. I hate. There are a few movies I genuinely hate. Terminator but Genesis. Three is up made there. the canon not matter because Terminator Two is all about how you can fate change is what your you future. Make it, yeah, yeah, fate is what you make. You can change your future. You can stop the apocalypse. Terminator Three was like, nope, you can only push it off. And then it's like, mm. well, what matters? Like, yeah. who cares? I mean, it is it is time travel. It gets a little heavy into yeah. that time travel theory stuff. The mm. series always has, and apparently will is going to throw out the 
the canon of Genesis as well. Yeah. Mm. But it's, I don't know, it's hard to go back and watch, because I tried. I tried to go back and watch Sarah Connor Chronicles, but it's just, that's a long Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> Two seasons. You just can't worry about that. It's just straight up, watch it once a week, mm-hmm. uh, kind of schlocky, mm-hmm. just a solid TV action show. It's, it's almost in the mold of uh, way earlier shows like your uh, your Bionic Men and things but like that. A crazy cast, Summer Glau. Uh, yeah, a Firefly fame yeah. is one of the Terminators. Good Ooh. Terminator. Brian Austin Green is <laughs> Reese. Uh, Shirley Manson from Garbage is Ooh. a character from it. And if this show had not been canceled, we would not have Queen Cersei because this is yeah. what Lena was it Headley Head Hetty uh, that she was Sarah Connor, oh. and th- I much prefer her as I love Queen Cersei in my mind. Queen Cersei is the main character of Game of Thrones. I'll leave yeah. it at that. I'll leave it at that. I can see that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. in my mind. Uh, but okay. anyway. But it's just a solid, fine show, and yeah. it only went for two seasons. But uh, like I said, some shows are coming back. The two two shows I want to talk about this week, mm-hmm. or just really mention, is uh, we've been talking about James Bond parodies and such mm-hmm. uh, passages a lot for some reason. I don't know mm-hmm. why. It just comes up on the show. I guess it's just a well that people like to go to, because yeah. most people making TV, especially 10 years ago, grew up it's watching of, James it, Bond movies. At, the, at this time, it's one of the few franchises with worldwide awareness. The yeah. whole world mm-hmm. knows James Bond, so you, everybody mm-hmm. understands the parody immediately. Yeah. Uh, so American Dad did the episode Tear Jerker, uh, which is a full-on James Bond parody. I'm, I this is a fine episode, and it's kind of funny. But whenever shows like this do the like non-canon, we're mm-hmm. just going to put our characters in a situation. Mm-hmm. I never care. Mm-hmm. I very the only one that I care about is, or that Treehouse I enjoy is uh, well, Treehouse. <laughs> that's different. That's mm-hmm. a tradition. That's not them just doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I tend to enjoy when Family Guy does it because I don't care about those characters. So like just doing <laughs> the same jokes, but about my favorite book, uh, The Great Gatsby, is like that works because mm-hmm. I know this book so well. Uh, but I don't uh, care when they do non-canon stuff as long as they do something fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do Ameri- something American fun. American Dad is still really good, by the way. I just finally got around to their Christmas episode from this year. Oh yeah, mm. uh, where. Roger uh, takes over as Santa, which they have a long history of uh, fighting and killing Santa on mm-hmm. that show and triggering the apocalypse and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, Roger takes over as Shmanta and forces everyone to celebrate <laughs> Hanukkah. And Hanukkah gets over commercialized. And <laughs> Christmas is something you can find like a couple things on an end cap at the back of the Target. It's not a thing anymore. Reveling this a little too much, Diane. It was really good. <laughs> Got to come around to Christmas. It was so good. Uh, but we have a clip from Tearjerker that has a James Bondy joke. Ooh. Ah, what the hell? Wait, you're a gun? I always thought you were like an eyeball or something. Douche. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that's so the, the gun barrel, gun barrel sequence from James Bond movies, yeah, which a lot of people don't realize I thought, is a gun barrel. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot somebody made the joke. Like, technically, the opening sting of every James Bond movie is the worst shooter in the world. Yeah, just <laughs> like holding holding a gun pointed at James Bond until he eventually like has like a full minute to draw and kill <laughs> that person. Some of those guys, like especially when it's like Sean Connery doing it himself, which was only like the fourth Sean Connery one because it was a stunt mm-hmm. guy before that. Like he just so slowly goes down on his knee and turns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then, of time, man. But then Pierce Brosnan ruined it when he shot a bullet into the gun barrel. Right, you see a bullet come flying past you. <laughs> it goes Wait, through what? the barrel. So he shot somebody into their gun. Wow. Makes no sense. Uh, but, and then, of course, Jason did it and perfected it uh, mm. in whichever one that is. <laughs> I think it's six. 
but then uh, right after that, the Family Guy episode Mixed Stroke aired, which uh, came up recently on Laser Time because mm-hmm. we did an episode about fictional fast food restaurants. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. McBurger Town from Family Guy came up because it's in a couple episodes. But in this episode, that Peter... That is like Rick and Morty level of not bothering to name something. <laughs> yeah, like... it's, it, the joke is, you know what this is. Yeah. Uh, so he wins like an endless supply of burgers from, from basically McDonald's mm-hmm. and he has a stroke because he eats too many burgers from McDonald's. Sure. Much like I'm working toward uh, every day of my life. Yeah. So Only he... in age are the youngest person here. That hardy <laughs> Yeah, everything else. Holds up. You can hear me breathing on every, every one of these shows. He uh, has a stroke and loses you know, the use of half of his body and there's a lot of not very sensitive jokes about that. But then it ends with him going to a stem cell research lab oh, and right. walking in and then that. walking out perfect and then this joke happens. How long was I in there? About five minutes. Why are we not funding this? It's <laughs> 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 uh, such, uh, such a like fuck you just in general, the idea of like, oh yeah, there's just a magic thing that fixes us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever. South Park also, I think, did a similar episode yeah. about it. About like, why can't we do this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's it for TV for this week. Like I said, it was a pretty light week. Yep. A lot of sitcoms aired episodes yeah. that we don't talk and about. Yeah, light week, uh, I guess we can say four games as well. Uh, get just a light glance at the name. Nano Stray Nitro Bike, but <laughs> something notable. I love this CSI Hard Evidence has had a video game. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a show that airs on CBS to everyone, uh, but the game recreating what CSI is had to be M-rated 17 plus. <laughs> really? Yes, because Why? by gaming qualifications, a lot of blood, and there is and this is one. This is the Wii version. Mm-hmm. You get to swab semen. Oh, and nice. Somehow you with can, the Wii remote. Yeah. <laughs> somehow you can get away with that on CBS, but you can't get away with that on video game consoles. I thought that Whoa. was pretty bizarre. Uh, but probably the most notable uh, game f- during this period is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, mm. which uh, I know we talked about somewhere else, but uh, that is your dream come true. Mario and Sonic in the same game, it's just at the Olympics and all mini games. Pete, it has its fans. People totally. say it's a solidly made... Oh, no, no, it's, never it's one of the one. best-selling Wii, Wii U games ever, and mm-hmm. it's a franchise that kids love, rightfully so. It's just, I, as a nerd, it's a super nerd how dare you have a racing competition and bother to put Toad <laughs> against Sonic? That's just impossible. The cover is Mario and Sonic in a foot race. Yes. Or in a, they're jumping over hurdles. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which Mario could be better jumping. I don't know this. I haven't played this. I only played this game very, very jumping. little. But we were so excited about it. And it's it's become one of the weirder, weirdest ongoing series. There was a one a few years ago. Probably see another one as long as Sega retains the Olympics license. Yeah. But that is it for the games. And that is mostly it for 30 2010 this week, people. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more at 302010.net and lasertimepodcast.com. We do love your feedback, telling you, telling us where you were, what you did. We uh, occasionally do a bonus show where we just celebrate your comments because sometimes those are way better than our anecdotes. So please leave as many of those as possible. I know it's been a minute since we've done that, but we want to get back in the swing. This being our first recording of 2018. So hang with us, patreon.com slash lasertime. That is how we live. That is how we're supported. That's what keeps the equipment hosting up. We're almost entirely uh, listener funded. So if you can spare as low as five bucks, we'll give you a lot of extra stuff, including a weekly bonus show, uh, over 100 movie commentaries, live streams, gameplay sessions. We're doing our best to make it worth your buck. And we thank our uh, listeners so much for that. Patreon.com slash LaserTime. And if you don't know what LaserTime is a show, we also do that as a lot like this, but topic-based. Um, I believe 
Coming up this year, Diana, we're going to talk about soundtracks that outlived the movies they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have our best of television and movies episode, our welcome back episode. Check out all of those. Lots of fun guests, lots of fun entertainment. And we thank you guys so much for joining that. And, my, and uh, Mr. Diana Goodman does Video Game Apocalypse every single Friday. The video game show hosted by Michael Raparez. And do not forget Talking Simpsons, a weekly chronological walkthrough of the entire Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we, I think we're now approaching the end of the sixth season, which means Who Shot Mr. Burns? Yes. Arguably the like best episode of The Simpsons yeah. ever. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, LaserTimePodcast.com is where you can find all that. But we do encourage you to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, and you'll get alerts anytime we put something up. As we always do, Diana's got a, a little life and death. Yep, deaths, deaths during this period. Uh, in 2008, during this week, uh, we had our two famous deaths. Uh, former chess, ki- <laughs> chess, chess king. king. <laughs> former chess champion Bobby Fischer. Wizard chess. You don't have to search for him anymore because he died. He was 64. And a bit of a crazy person. He's a really, yeah. really interesting guy. I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, more tragically, though, Brad Renfro, uh, the was 25. 25. The, the kid from The Client and a bunch of other... And Huck, Huck, Tom and Huck? Was he in that movie? So, yeah. Whoa, was he? Yeah. I just watch that movie yeah, all the time. Of... Yeah, Never Ending Story 2? Another no, one No, that's Jonathan Brandis. But also a... <laughs> kid actors. Kid actor and... suicide. Uh, that's why I'm uh, confused. I forget if it was suicide or drug overdose, or both. Oh, and I think I think he was suicide, yeah. but his breakthrough role was in The Client, yeah. like uh, out of nowhere, Brad Renfro. R.I.P., buddy. But with the deaths out of the way, you know what that means. <laughs> Oh, birthday, birthday quiz, where Diana will now give us a quiz on somebody okay. born this week uh, in history. All right. <clears throat> born January 14th, 1968, turning 50 years old. Mm. He is the first rapper to get a Kennedy Center on. Vanilla Ice? No. <laughs> that, Warren Beatty. Ice no. Cube? <laughs> no. It just happened this year, by the way. It, like, huh, just oh, happened. 50. Yeah, is Ice T no. older than that? No, uh, he's uh, also a recording artist, also an actor. Started movies like Last Holiday, Slow Burn, Ice Cube, SWAT, <laughs> Deliver Us from Eva, Rollerball, Kingdom Come, Charlie's oh, Angels, Jamie Fox, Any no. Given Sunday, uh, Deep Blue Sea, LL Cool J. Me got it. Me get. Me get. You got it. That is that is it for for us, folks. Please check us out latertimepodcast.com, dot com, uh, check out Diana on Listen and Nerd on Twitter, and we will close out the show with Roar, the end credits theme from Cloverfield, which you should totally watch. See you next week, folks. Yeah.